It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 15th of August. Mike Conley shares some thoughts about being on the Utah Jazz while Joe Ingles gets ready in Australia. Plus, Tony Jones joins me for day three of the summer interview series, touching on how good are the Utah Jazz. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making your jazz fandom even that much better. Uh, Hope everyone's well. Jazz single season tickets are on sale, so if you want to uh, head to a game this year, make sure you... uh, you jump on and get those single game tickets. They are available for you. Uh, I, I listed my 10 games uh, that I wanted to go to this year. Support for today's show comes from Manscaped, the number one in men's below the belt men's grooming. You've seen Manscaped on Shark Tank and Men's Journal named the Lawnmower 2.0 is one of the best tools in men's grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code locked on at manscaped.com. That's locked on at manscaped.com. Com. All right, Mike Conley did an interesting uh, interview with Alex Kennedy. Mike, uh, just continuing on the sportsmanship and teammate of the year, was down at the new NBA Junior Games in Orlando. Uh, and at Disney World, Jeff Green revealed to us in that interview that the two of them were going to Disney World together with their families. So this must have been the trip. Uh, and Mike was down there uh, and talked to Alex Kennedy. There were two things that jumped out to me. Uh, from that conversation. First is, it's pretty clear that Quinn and Mike Conley have already done work together. That uh, when, as Mike Conley talks about Quinn, um, it's clear to me that that conversation, that those, that there have been conversations there, uh, that that relationship is being built, uh, that Quinn has taken the time uh, to, to get to know Mike already, which is really what just, you know, makes Quinn, uh, pretty special and and under you know I I like J.B. Bickerstaff an awful lot I don't think he's been in a position uh to succeed uh yet in his career as a head coach um but he's not you know I don't don't think he's Quinn Snyder I mean I think J.B. Bickerstaff is might be a good coach one day he's now an assistant but you start looking at like who Mike Conley has has been with recently so J.B. Bickerstaff um the previous years really hurt Dave Fisdale who is a neat dude. I I don't put him, uh, and he's worked with Eric Spolster. It's great. I don't put him in, and maybe unfairly, in the group of like X's and O's masters when I talk around the league. Dave Yeager before that, I mean, suddenly, this is Mike's fourth coach in four full seasons and five overall seasons. Yeager, another coach who um, I think is pretty good, but interestingly kind of how it torpedoed in both Memphis and Sacramento. Um, so that, I think, will be interesting. Those teams that, you know, those are some pretty darn good teams uh, for Mike as well. The other one is that, you know, Mike's last playoff appearance in Memphis is an interesting one to look back at because it's actually maybe the beginning of, well, they get swept, actually. I take that back, their last playoff win. 2016, they get swept by 
um, San Antonio. But the year before that, I think um, he's in one of the more interesting playoff series of all time where they end up playing the Golden State Warriors and have the lead in that series, and the Warriors come back to win that series in the 14-15 season. And that... um, and then they do get swept the next year, so it wasn't his last playoff appearance. But that series, if you go back and look at it, you know Memphis has them on the ropes. Memphis loses game one by 15, wins game two by seven. Conley's 22 leads the way. Uh, they win game three. They're up two games to one heading in Memphis, and then the Warriors crush the Grizzlies 101-84 in that big that game four performance, Steph had 33, and then they go back to Golden State, and then they close them out 3-2 in Memphis. But that Golden State often talks about that, that being that deficit of kind of the turning point of their dynasty in that Mike's uh, – that game four uh, when was Jeff Green and Mike Conley on that team. So it'll be interesting to, to hear their perspectives on it uh, a little bit. Mike Conley was just four of 15 on that day. Uh, Steph went off for 33 and the 101-84 win. Uh, it wasn't really that close. And maybe that's all that, you know, maybe that wasn't that close a series anyway, considering how great Golden State was. Memphis was the fifth seed. Anyway, so I, I think it's interesting just kind of to think about, I don't, you know, Quinn's unique in his coaching. I don't mean this as much of, I'm not trying to say this as a criticism toward um, any of you know any of those guys but I think the interesting uh, the interesting thing is how what a different coach Quinn is than what Mike has uh, or has had uh, the other one I thought was was really interesting was you have the comments by Conley about Donovan's willingness to learn uh, Donovan's willingness to learn and in one even said, um, I need, you know, he, he asks questions and like how to shoot a floater. So Donovan's aware of the fact that his, his floater percentage uh, was not great last year. I, I think that's uh, clear. Donovan, and this is just consistent to who Donovan is. And, you know, I don't want to ever take this for granted because he's just such an incredible kid. There might be some kids out there. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown kind of fit into this last year in Boston who would look at Bojan Bogdanovich and uh, Mike Conley is coming in and being a little concerned about what their role is and you know how many of their possessions they're taking and what's happened. And Donovan seems to be taking the exact opposite approach uh, to how he uh, is going, how he's going to be you know, how he's going to treat this is that he's already gone and worked out with Mike. He's taken the time with Mike to um, absolutely uh, learn from him. And I really believe that Mike Conley is going to be an incredibly important piece for the, for, for Donovan's career. Cause I think Mike Conley is going to teach Donovan that you can be uh, an absolutely total stud leader star and still be a good guy. And I think that's what Donovan uh, is looking to learn. Uh, Bogdanovich, by the way, we just haven't talked about much. It's interesting. If you go back, I read these quotes when we first signed him, and people might have missed it. Um, is the quotes from his teammates about him in a Ringer article last year. Thaddeus Young said, from day one, he's been a guy who's been integrated. Last year, he did a lot for us. He guarded some of the best guys on the court and made a lot of tray balls. I know he stays to himself a lot, said Darren Collison, but I'm glad he's getting attention. He deserves it. The thing with Bogey is he doesn't care. I say that in a good way. 
And then Billy Bano, their assistant, said he's a bit of a loner. That's okay because I'm a loner too. Sometimes I see him at the downtown Whole Foods. He's usually by himself. Nate McMillan said he's one of those guys you have to say, whoa, to. He just keeps showing growth in his game because he's using his him differently now, and we're depending on him more. Um, so, uh, and then Billy Bano about his free agency said, I'm just praying we don't lose him. So interesting, just kind of the personality characteristics, but clearly this is a quiet guy who just busts his butt and does his job. And, and so I think that actually fits in pretty well when you add the personality differences between, you know, Mike, who I think is going to be this quiet, solid leader and that of Boyan. Anyway, exciting times. Uh, article in the ringer of whether the Jazz are really um, a title contender. The narrative that's getting out there a little bit is that the Jazz are going to be this great team, but they don't have the firepower to match the Lakers, the Clippers, the some of the teams in the playoffs. I think that actually is a pretty fair narrative. Um, if I had a you know optimistic guess of what I think we're going to be, it's I think we're a little bit of the Milwaukee Bucks um, of last year, where I think we very easily could end up having just this great year and being a number one seed. And I do think we're playing a money ball that nobody else is. Um, and if we, if Quinn continues to do that, we're better than everybody else in that regard. And then, you know, if that does that hold up in the playoffs and how do we match up against some of these stars? I, I think will be a question that will be lingering all the way into April and pretty exciting that we're sitting here uh, in August with a question for April. Tony Jones is our interview series. If you want to thank him, he loves his Twitter. So please send um, T Jones on the NBA. That would be great to send him a Twitter. Thank you. We, I would, I would greatly appreciate that. Craig Bullerjack is scheduled for next week. So that should be uh, a great deal of fun. Today's show is brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai. Uh, I have been driving the Santa Fe for a, uh, a while, loving it. Um, I, I, I give back these cars after a certain period of time, and uh, it looks as though I'm going to have to give back my Santa Fe. I'm kind of bummed. It's really been a totally, totally uh, cool car. The Santa Fe's got every bell and whistle imaginable uh, with the safety features, car self-driving, keeping you in your lane assists, cruise control, uh, back doors stay closed if they think a car's coming to make it safe for your kids. The SUV lineup is just, it's why it's winning all these awards. The Tucson, the Kona, I've been driving that Santa Fe. The Kona's the small, uh, snappy, quick one. The Tucson's the mid-range one. They've really done a nice job upgrading. And now there's the new 2019 Palisade. Uh, Murdoch is the nation's number one Palisade dealer. Come make your reservations today before they're gone. So check those out, and they are moving off quickly. Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. If you're buying a car right now and Hyundai is not on your list, just take a moment. Add it to your list and at least look at what you're going to get for your money. Then you can make your own decision. I think you'll, if you take the moment to take the time to find out what's going on there, I think you'll be super impressed by what's taking place with Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. 
But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. Final day with Tony Jones. It's just been an easy conversation. No fights. We're disappointing people immensely. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, how good are the Utah Jazz? Um, I think they're one of the handful of teams that are good enough to win an NBA championship. That's, that, that's probably the easy answer. Um, obviously, that doesn't mean that, you know, they're favorites to win an NBA championship or anything, but um, – they're they're good enough, and you couldn't. This the first year you could say that um, they're good enough to win the West, and if they're good enough to win the West, uh, they're good enough to win the whole thing. Um, you know, I think I would right now. I will put them uh, top three in the West. I think my top three in the West to me are the Los Angeles Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Jazz, and the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think the, I, I will put the Lakers fourth. I will put Houston fifth. Um, you know, I think that they are a team that has a chance to be a top five team in the league, both offensively and defensively. And typically those type of teams do really well. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if this team could reach its ceiling. Um, and I think a lot of that depends on Donovan Mitchell. Um, because I think you're going to, you, you know what you're going to get from Mike Conley. You know what you're going to get from Bojan Bogdanovic and Rudy Gobert. You know what you're going to get from Joe Ingles. You know what you're going to get from Jeff Green and, and that D- Davis. Uh, Donovan to me and, and to a lesser extent, Dante Exum, those guys are wild cards. Those guys are the guys that have the chance to, to, to offer and lend internal improvement and internal growth. Uh, and if Donovan can uh, turn himself into an efficient 25-point-per-game scorer, uh, then I think this, this team is really going uh, to be a tough team to deal with. What I think is so interesting on this is the two players to me that are the key for the entire season are Donovan and Rudy. And I love when a roster is built in a fashion so that you're relying on your best player. Sure, I, I read your piece was good about, you know, Dante and what he might be able to do or Moutier. If one of the, sure, that'd be a bonus. But if, if Gobert can be great defensively and the Jazz are still one of the best teams defensively, they are sick. If Donovan can do exactly what you just said, they are great. And the other guys they've added are all adults, and I know exactly what they're going to give me. I know what I'm getting from Joe. I know what I'm getting from Boyan. I know what I'm getting from Conley. I know what I'm getting from Green. I know what I'm getting from Ed Davis. And that, to me, is the beauty of this, is it's set up so that the two best players have to have good years. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and I think with Rudy, you know, uh, he's entering his prime. He's 27 years old. Um, and 
which which is crazy because it feels like yesterday that he was 21. Um, and, you know, he's entering his prime. And, and I think that his step is he's proving it that proving that he can still be the same all NBA guy in a postseason setting that he is uh, in a regular season. I think Donovan's next step is proving that he can go and, and drop 25 a night on, you know, 47, 40, 85 splits. Um, um, and, and, and proving that he can defend uh, his position as well. You know, you know, you know that Mike Conley to me is going to be, you know, a guy that that's going to be one of the seven or eight best point guards in the league. You know that, um, you know that uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is going to average 18 points a game and shoot 40 percent from the field, 40 percent from three point range. You know, same thing with with Joe Ingles. So, you know, when you look at when you look at Donovan Mitchell and you look at uh, Rudy Gobert, those those guys. You know, if they raise their games, that raises the ceiling. Um, you know, but it, it's going to be interesting because, you know, I think the floor of this team is really high, and I think the ceiling of this team is really high as well. Um, you know, but you know, the, this is the Western Conference, and it's, uh, it's 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 shaping up to be a heck of a conference once again. What's your concern? Um, concern is always injury. And I think, uh, I think your big concern is, is can Ed Davis replace most of what Derek favors bought? Um, you know, if, if Rudy has to miss 15, 20 games, uh, can Ed Davis, can, can this team win with Ed Davis at center? Um, and, and if Rudy has to miss 20 games, can Tony Bradley, um, step in and play real NBA minutes or do the jazz have to, you know, improvise and go with Jeff green at the five or, 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 you know, something like that. Um, you know, can this team guard your, your big hybrid power forward against the Lakers? Can this team guard Anthony, Anthony Davis with, with uh boogie cousins in the middle? Um, you know, can this team guard Giannis Antetokounmpo? Um, which is less of a, which is less of an issue because Giannis is out east. Um, can this team guard LeBron? Can this team guard uh, Kawhi Leonard? Um, you know, so so I think Royce O'Neal is going to be a really important piece as well because I think that he's going to be asked to do a lot of special things defensively, and he's going to have to rise to the occasion, especially in the playoffs uh, when this team really needs it defensively. You did not mention Moutier or Exum. Everybody else has said that that's their concern. Um, I mean, is it a concern? I, I, I'm not. To me, Moutier is. To me, Moutier is kind of icing on the cake. At, you know, uh, the concern with Exum obviously is can he stay on the floor? Um. Um. So. Is your concern who's going to play back a point guard? Is that what you're saying? Is that your concern? I mean, if those are two guys that are shooting below 40% for the careers, below 30% from three for their careers, Moutier has not shown defense, Exum has, and you better get something, the way that roster is constructed, once you start paying $30 million for guys, you better get some of these other guys to, to play, right? Like, 
I mean, if Moody right. turns out to not be good and Exum turns out to either not be good or not be able to be healthy, that's like who's Nigel Williams Goss? Like, what, 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 how are you filling out the minutes? Well, I think that I think with Exum, him not being good is, to me is less of a concern because we know he's good defensively. So um, he offers value somewhere on the floor, no matter what. And I think that. Uh, I saw Exum play the best basketball of his career for three weeks last season. And if he can get back to that point, then to me, I, I, I think that that's less of a concern. The concern with Exum to me is you just got to stay on the floor. Like my guy, like you got to stay healthy, you know, and I know that injuries are unfortunate I know that injuries are really out of the player's concern. I mean, out of the player's control. Um, but, you know, for him to be an effective NBA player, I mean, this is, in a lot of ways, this is this is his most important year. Um, he's He's got to prove that he can stay on the floor, and he's got to prove that he can, that, that he can be a consistent um, contributor. Um, you know, I think, I think backup point guard is less of an issue for me because I think that if Exum turns out not to be able to handle it, if Moutier turns out not to be able to handle it, you just give the spot to Donovan. You can just stagger Mike and Donovan. You can have Donovan play point guard uh, with the second unit, and you're going to be fine there. Um, and you have enough depth everywhere else uh, that you that you can mix and match that that you'll be fine there. So I, I think that you know backup the backup point guard spot to me um, is a is a lot less uh, is a lot less concerning and it's a lot less concerning because Joe Ingles is going to be on the floor a lot with the second unit as well um, you know so I, I think that the concern for me with Dante is that he stays on the floor uh, and I think Moutier to me I think he has to play his way in the minutes I don't think minutes are going to be handed to him. He's Tony Jones. We'll talk about the NBA. He just sloughed the Lakers and the Rockets into the second tier of the Western Conference. We'll find out why. When we come back, you're listening to Locked On Jazz. Remember, Locked On NBA is up. Excuse me, Locked On NBA is up and rolling every single day of the offseason, all five days a week, still bringing you content. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On NBA and your, podca- your preferred podcast provider. Before we get to that final segment with Tony Jones, it is... Intercap lending, I want to tell you about. Brock and the crew at Intercap have been just amazing. Uh, the coolest thing is the growth that they're taking place. But the only way you growth, grow in the mortgage company, in the mortgage business, is if you're just getting deals done, right? Like, one, it's, it's the number one sign that you're growing is because you are getting deals done. And by doing that, you are in getting clients, real estate agents who know. And that's what's happening. As of June... They exceeded all their production of 2018. Like So they have done more loans in the first six months than they did all of last year. Why? Because they're an independent lender. They get deals done. Steve Carter's absolutely unbelievable in how much he's willing to help clients. And Steve Carter is our designated locked-on jazz lender. So really cool deal that Brock and the guys over at Intercap put together, which is, all right, locked-on jazz, you get a, all your listeners, you get a corporate discount. 
and we have a designated guy for you, and that's Steve Carter. So if you are in the market for a loan, refi, you want to get taken care of, or you're buying a house right now, ask your real estate agent why they're not using Intercap, or you decide, you know what, we're using Intercap. You have that right. Nobody ever exerts it, but you do. Uh, call Steve Carter, 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. They get deals done. They have Steve Carter's amazing with his diligence. It's where we did our loan. They still have it right now. They're a direct lender, low credit, self-employed, multiple properties, whatever it is that might make your loan unique. Because they're a direct lender, they can get those kind of things done. Intercap Lending, 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me and now the all-new gen 4 theragun has a proprietary brushless motor it's so quiet it's no louder than an electric toothbrush and best of all you can try theragun risk-free for 30 days there's no substitute for the theragun gen 4 with an oled screen personalized theragun app and the quiet and power you need starts at only 199 dollars go to theragun.com locked on the name of this network right now and get your gen 4 theragun today that's theragun dot com slash locked on theragun dot com slash locked on final segment with tony jones you just sloughed the lakers and the rockets into second tier western conference teams what's up with that um well can a can tier one be four teams because i will put the lakers in i will put the lay i think the lakers are i think the lakers the jazz the, the nuggets and, and 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 the clippers are the best teams i i think i think I think the the Clippers are the best team, and I think that you know then you have those other three. I would put the, the Rockets in the second tier because I just don't think they're they're as good um, as they have been, uh, and I think the other teams have passed them up. Um, you know, I think I think uh, as good as friends as 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 Russell and James Harden are, um, I think it is a weird fit stylistically. And you're asking for at least one of those two guys to subjugate a lot of what they have done. Um, I thought Chris Paul was a, a lot better of a fit for, for James Harden because Chris Chris's strengths were a lot different than James's strengths. Um, and I think Chris had a, a, a gravity that Russell Westbrook doesn't have um, because Russell Westbrook is not as good a shooter as Chris Paul is. Um you know, but it'll be interesting. I mean, I still think that Houston's really good. I still think they'll defend really well. Um, I think that, like last year, um, they'll have a real hard time defending big wings because, you know, they don't have Trevor Ariza anymore. Um, you know, but I, I think that the Lakers, 
and and the Nuggets, and I think and, and the Jazz, are, I think that those teams are better than them. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But you know, I think that um, I think that those three teams are better than the Rockets right now. So you go back through the last three years of the NBA, and you look at the ten worst defensive teams in the league. You can only find one of them that has won more than 50 games. That was LeBron's Cavaliers team. LeBron won 50 games one other time. Otherwise, you don't win more than 50 games if you're a top 10 team, and particularly if you're in the West, or a bottom 10 team defensively. Do you think either the Rockets or the Lakers are going to be a bottom 10 defensive team this year? Well, the Rockets are always going to be good defensively uh, with the personnel that they have. Um. I don't think they're going to be as good defensively because Chris is a lot better of a defender than, than Russell Westbrook is. Um, and, you know, uh, you know the, the thing that Russell Westbrook brings with James Harden is now you've got two guys that typically like to hide on, you know, non-offensive players um, and, and kind of save their energy. Um you know, so I think that the Rockets, uh, you know, to me, the Rockets are one of the best teams, best defensive teams in basketball the last two years. I don't think that they're at that level, but they're not going to be bottom 10. They're still going to be good. Um, now, the Lakers, that might be different. They might be, I don't know if they're going to be bottom 10, but they might be close to bottom 10 because, you know, they, they, they are missing. Uh, I think right now with their projected starting five, uh, I think, you know, uh, obviously Anthony Davis is a plus defender. Um, you know, Danny Green is a plus defender, but, you know, who else in that, who else in their rotation is really a plus defender? So, and plus, you and know, their, you, their, you, be- their bench defense is disastrous. Their bench defense is, is, is bad, but they're going to score a lot. And LeBron is, um, you know, Le- LeBron to me is is still one of the top two players in the world, and and Anthony Davis to me is one of the top six or seven players in the world. So, um, you know, that that kind of talent, that kind of top end talent, is still going to win them a lot of games. It's a, it's interesting to me to look at the Lakers I, and, and Anthony Davis. I, I agree with you on the where you say his talent is, but I'm I waver a little bit on just I always feel like there's something lacking. And I think Anthony Davis, he's great. Don't misunderstand parts of this. But I think he has gotten away with being in New Orleans. And I think we're gonna learn that for every thirty two and twenty that he puts on the bottom line, there's a seventeen and six that follows it, and that's how he averages twenty four and fourteen, and that's not gonna work in Los Angeles at the same... He's going to have to play more consistently night in and night out than he ever has before. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, th- I think players are tip- all, also... I think some players are also typically helped by the situation that they're in. Now, some players make the situation that they're in, right? Like, um, you know, I think that uh, what's what's a good example of a player? Kawhi, of a guy Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. Kawhi Leonard in Toronto, but he no, nah, he 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 always had a lot of help. Giannis in Milwaukee, like before they surrounded him with a lot of help, 
they were still good because he had a force of nature and he had a force of will that he, he just would not allow them to be a lottery team for an extended period of time. And he forced that team to be good. And then eventually the front office did their part and, and put really good players around him, if you know what I mean. So that's, to me, that's an example of a guy forcing a situation or forcing a situation at their end. Um, yeah, you know, Anthony, I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he forced his situation. And Anthony Davis, he never forced his situation, but he can be helped by being in a better situation. And I don't think that LeBron is going to be around Anthony Davis and, he's, and, and you know, he's going to let him – just consistently put up 17 and sixes. He's going to say, Hey, I need more out of you. I need you to play. Um, and I think that he's going to play. So I think that Anthony Davis is going to have a really good year. I think LeBron's going to have a really good year. The question is, can they, can those teams stop? Can Lakers stop anybody? That's a huge question for them. Um, and, and I think, you know, a lot is going to rely on Kyle Kuzma and, and his ability to be, to be a third guy. And, and because they're going to need a third guy and they're, they're going to need a fourth guy, but they need a third guy first and they need, they need Kyle to really step up and, and, and play well. Okay. I'm really confused here. I'm like closer to thinking the Rockets are going to be okay than you are. Mm-hmm. Well, how does that happen? Like I'm I a numbers, I'm a numbers fine. guy. Russell Westbrook is like a numbers disaster. But I actually feel like if Russell Westbrook and Mike D'Antoni's system is going to be okay and it's going to turn and he's going to become more efficient and they're going to be really like, I think they're, I don't know. I'm not, I'll be surprised if the Rockets are not a 55 win team. See, I think they're a 50 win team or a 51, 52 win team. Um, So does that mean you think Denver is going to, going to slide so i do i I do i do think denver's going to slide a little bit and here's here's the reasons why i think denver's going to slide a little bit one they they had a very easy schedule last year they caught fire early and they had a really easy schedule and and they gained a level of momentum that carried them throughout the year so i i think that's going to go away the the second thing is as we saw with utah last year as we saw with boston last year one of the biggest myths in the world is continuity is a good thing it's actually hard when you come back and bring the same group together, but everybody's had an off season where they've had people talking to them about their, like, do you think Malik Beasley's ready to go play 14 minutes behind Gary Harris is playing 30? I don't like, I think, I think Malik Beasley wants to play 25. Minutes. Right. Cause, and everybody's been telling him how good he is. And Michael Porter jr. Now is wanting in on minutes and Jeremy Grant's now in that line. Like, I think there's little things. The other one is they were 31 and 15 last year in close games and close games. Yeah. That, yep. that that's their defense was five points per hundred possessions better than anyone else in the NBA. That that's not going to last. That that's that's that that was a a bizarre, weird thing took place in a small sample size for them in the clutch, and they're going to lose some of those games this year. Teams shot twenty percent from three point range against the Denver Nuggets last year in the clutch. That's unsustainable. I think the biggest thing that you said that I agree with is their schedule. Their schedule, 
I mean, I, I, that was their schedule was one of the talks of the NBA last year, and just how easy it was. Um, and you know how many breaks, like you know, they caught the Jazz twice on back to backs <laughs> at home. Um, you know, and they had a bunch of home games early. They didn't have any sustained. They didn't have a lot of sustained road trips. Um, you know, their one of their biggest road trips was like at the end of last, the, at the end of the year when they were playing a bunch of teams that were, you know, in the lottery. Um, you know, and and uh, and I think that you know they took advantage of that schedule. Um, and I think the close games thing, you know, they're probably going to lose a few few of those as well. It'll be interesting. I, I think with your Houston. What's your Houston point? If if I'm Mike D'Antoni, I'm staggering James Harden and Russell Westbrook as much as possible, um, because then that just lets you put a Hall of Fame point guard who's in attack mode on the floor for 48 minutes, and that's different from the second Hall of Fame point guard because Chris Chris Paul, you know, he's a game manager with the second unit. Um, he's been a game manager with the second unit the last few years where Russell Westbrook, he's an attacker and he's, you know, he's still in the prime of his career and he's still able to, to be in attack mode, um, you know, for, for, for all of the minutes that he's on the floor. So, you know, I think that that part could be uh, a lot different and a lot better than what they've had. Um, you know, and I would, I would minimize, uh, I would I would play James Harden and Russell Westbrook probably um you know 15 minutes together uh 20 minutes together the first 5 minutes of each half and the last 5 minutes of each half um their their other minutes were to to me would be separated Tony Jones read him on the Athletic thank you for your time much appreciated look forward to traveling with you and all the fun stuff that goes along with that. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm sorry that we did not get into a brawl. Well, we haven't yet. And we're going to have to figure out how to get into it. We'll find uh, it. We'll, we'll roll tape at some point when we get going. We'll figure it out. See you, buddy. That is Tony Jones. Read him at The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter. Thanks very much for TJ. Send him a thank you as well. It is Locked on Jazz. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.